Sendbird, a complete chat solution, SDK, IPA, API-based approach instead of, you know, a JavaScript, you know, embed kind of intercom-like approach. Uh, they're serving over 100 million uh, messages uh, now. I, John, you said monthly, right? Or annually? Monthly active, monthly active users. Monthly active messages users. Messages in the billions. Oh, wow. Okay, over 100 million monthly active users across the 422 customers that are paying them anywhere between, you know, small amounts up to, you know, some customers more than a million per year, but average call it a $30,000 ACV. Uh, raise 120 million bucks to continue to drive growth. Still sitting on most of the last round of 100 million in the bank right now, looking strategically at acquisitions in a time of, you know, financial panic. Does acquisitions make sense? Uh, do they hold it to drive burn? He has plans for all of these things. Uh, over 100% net revenue retention, though, as they look to continue to scale. Hello, everyone. My guest today is John Kim. He's the co-founder and CEO of Sendbird, a Y Combinator W16 class. is a B2B startup providing a messaging solution for enterprises. The platform currently serves tens of millions of monthly active users and many of the best-known logos around the world, like Yahoo Sports, Hinge, and one of the most active websites in the world. John is a serial entrepreneur and an expert in the messaging space. Little known about John is that he was Korea's number one pro gamer for Unreal tournament john you ready to take us to the top yeah all right sounds good let's do it i'm not as cool as you so what does what is the unreal tournament uh unreal tournament is one of those uh, earlier uh generation first person shooters ah, like uh, over- overwatch but just generations earlier so you were in like a massive competition in the finale and you had to message one of your teammates through the gaming platform and it broke and you said i'm gonna launch Sendbird to fix messaging <laughs> once and for all right yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, in all seriousness, so so what takes you from a gamer to a software entrepreneur? When did you come up with the idea for Sendbird? Yeah, um, we actually started Sendbird around the beginning of 2013. Uh, back then, we were we actually started out as a BDC company. We were building a community app for moms, and uh, we were trying to add a chat feature for our own application. That's kind of when we realized there wasn't a decent, like, modern SDK which we could just plug in and play. So we ended up building the entire chest thing ourselves and then started selling that on the sideline. And that actually generated more revenue and more customers than our main B2C application. So we had to pivot and then we fully launched at the White Combinator. So three years when, later. when was the mom site launched? What year? It was 2013. Oh, it was 2013. Okay. And yeah. is is like if I look up your LLC right now for Sendbird, will it say like, you know, Moms Org DBA Sendbird? In other words, is it the same cap table, same company or no? Yeah, same company, uh, same cap table. We started out as a small family. <laughs> and then uh, we actually changed our name to Sendbird Inc. Uh, many, many years later, I, I think around uh, after Series B. Okay. So it's been a, like smile family for almost four years, five did, years. Did you, <laughs> did you apply to YC as the mom kind of community or had you already pivoted? So we first applied to, uh, was it with the mom's application? Uh, we didn't get in that time. Um, but we, after pivoting, we applied again in 2015, late 2015. And that's when we were accepted as Sendbird. Okay. So give me some context at that moment in time. So in 2015, uh, or was your product basically what it is today, at least the origins of it? Yeah. So we started building what became Sendbird around uh, beginning of 2015. And then we were kind of doing the private, you know, access, you know, friends and family, uh, selling to friends and families uh, in the industry. Then we um, fully packed our product at the end of 2015. That's when we applied to YC with that idea. They launched in January 
of 2016. Okay. Now, a lot of my listeners will be very familiar with obviously like intercom, like these kind of companies, right? That are kind of, you know, wissy wig, drag as you drop. True or false? You're essentially an enterprise version of this. That's more like, acts more like an SDK than a kind of a JavaScript plugin on a website. Is that accurate? Yeah. Uh, two ways to look at it. One is it's a plug and play SDK and API for developers. So we don't sell to marketers or sales or contact centers. We sell to product managers and engineers. And two, our primary use case is user-to-user communication. And that user could be two people chatting on a dating app or a seller talking to buyer in the marketplace, food delivery person talking to the customer on their application. So it's that user-to-user communication is what we do. Yeah, me texting my Uber driver saying, I'm wearing a black hat standing on the upper level of the airport. Come find me. Yep. <laughs> when, when, exactly. when, when do you win the Uber account? Uh, we're, we haven't yet won the Uber account, but we pretty much work with Uber-like companies all, all across the world. Uh, we pr- practically work with the number one companies in almost all countries, except Uber. So <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. There you go. Okay, D- let's dive into your pricing model. So, so what are companies paying on average per month or per year to use this technology? It really depends on how, uh, how much volume you're uh, buying. So our primarily, uh, it really depends on how much you're... And um, yeah, so if you have a couple thousand users, the uh, price per user would be relatively more higher than let's say if, you're, if you have tens of millions of users on a monthly basis. And today we currently power about 100 million uh, users that chat through our platform every month. Okay, uh, just because you have, I'm sure you have so many different cohorts, you probably have SMBs, mid-market, and then large enterprise accounts. Give me kind yeah. of a sweet spot here, right? Are we talking like a $10,000 a year account is pretty average or 100000 a year, you know, very enterprise? Um, so overall, uh, ACV, I would say is in the tens of thousands. But as small as a couple of thousand bucks a month, uh, a year, all the way up to millions of dollars a year. Yep. So l- let's really spread out. Let's. Uh, the reason I want to do this is to use a real example. So let's say that I'm signing up for your platform and I'm going to pay your sweet spot. Let's say it's thirty thousand dollars per year. How many messages am I likely paying for going through my platform over that year? So we don't charge per message. So we highly encourage our customers to send as many messages as possible. It just purely um, depends on the monthly active users. So usually our customers know their monthly active users numbers by heart. So, so what would my MA uh, monthly active users probably be if I'm paying you 30 grand a year? It really depends on what kind of premium features you're picking. Could be ten, uh, could be hundreds of thousands of users, wait, tens of thousands of dollars a month. No, no, let's say I'm in your sweet spot. You said your sweet spot ACV is probably, you know, tens of thousands per year. So yeah, let's yeah, say I'm paying yeah. you 30K per year. That customer, how many, how many users do I probably have on my platform? So it's a little bit more complicated than uh, Street Shoot, but uh, basically it could be tens of thousands of monthly active users going up to uh, 100,000 uh, monthly active users. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Got it. So you're, pri- you're upselling against two pricing verticals, uh, the, your customers' monthly active users, uh, along yep. with any feature-based upselling you're doing. Yeah, things like if you have HIPAA compliance or if you want a private dedicated uh, servers instead of uh, being on a multi-tenant servers, if you want like advanced moderation capabilities and so forth. So there are certain features that a certain type of customers would prefer that are not really relevant to the uh, entire customer base. They would actually uh, create a bespoke plan for them. So 2013 mom site pivot in 2015, start writing lines of code for this SDK. You get into YC with this idea. Uh, when was your first dollar of revenue on the new idea? Um, that was around May of 2015, uh, $50 a month, <laughs> a small gaming studio. Uh, then we had like 20 paying customers. 
uh, all over different pricing points by the time we applied to IC because it was our first time doing B2B. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, so 2015 uh, caught 20 customers total uh, by the end of the year applying to IC, getting in. Uh, and then yeah. what, help us understand where you've scaled to today. How many customers? We have 422 paying customers. 422. Uh, okay, and great. 3,000 applications, free applications. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of these 422 customers are like brands, like maybe IAC that run many, you know, social, you know, you know, fishbowl, uh, Tinder and another app. So they'll pay you for those three. And so that's the 3000 applications. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. So 422 customers. Uh, okay. Nice growth here. Um, help, help me understand how you went from 20 customers in 2015 to 400 today. In other words, what's your kind of go to market strategy? Is it an outbound strategy, inbound, something else? So it has evolved quite a bit since the year, uh, since the past couple of years. So, uh, in the beginning, we started out with content, purely SEO. And targeting a couple of developer websites, whether it be Stack Share, uh, Stack Overflow, and things like that. So, still to this date, a uh, majority of our revenue do come from inbound inquiries from developers around the world. Uh, geo distribution wise, we have customers in US, about 40% come from US, about 30% come from EMEA, 30% come from APEC. So, it's very globally distributed. Now, since uh, a couple of years back, when we um, start building the internal sales team, we also started building the outbound engine. So, um, I believe for the past about two years, Outbound engine has been continued to grow, grow, grow. So right now, I think it's a really we're in a pretty good spot of balancing that out with inbound and outbound. How many folks are on the team today that do carry a quota? Roughly twenty people working on reps. Okay, and what's your total team size? Everybody uh, about two hundred. Okay, and how many? Engineers? shy of two hundred. How many engineers? About 100 engineers. Okay, 100, got it. And then so 100 engineers, 20 quota carrying reps, and then 80 that are kind of admin, miscellaneous, something in the middle. Yeah, marketing. There's also just general management. Um, um, yeah. Now, John, you're in San Francisco. You're growing fast, and you, you've also done all this completely bootstrapped, right? There are people. I'm to be backed by YC, but uh, some uh, well-known investors uh, here in the area, uh, Shasta Ventures and August Capital, led our Series A uh, of sixty million dollars. And then Series B, we were able to raise $102 million from uh, Iconic Capital and Tiger Global Management. Yep. So total raise to date is how much? Uh, a little bit over $120 million. Okay, $120. And w- w- where is most of that capital going? Is it truly kind of engineering headcount or is there some other big cost structure we don't know about? Uh, Bitcoin and uh, Amazon. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Amazon yeah, so may be not majority. a bad investment right now. <laughs> yeah. Well... So majority obviously goes to uh, hiring people, uh, hiring and retaining the talented people. And then obviously we do actually uh, pay a lot of cloud vendors. Uh, and then we started to uh, invest a little bit into marketing as well. Uh, into marketing, yeah. Okay, so walk me through uh, that Series B, I believe, when was that? It was uh, what we announced in May of last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's obviously a fairly large round. Uh, most companies kind of in your, in your space, once you're on the venture track, you're raising every kind of 12 to 18 months. How are you mm-hmm. thinking right now about the virus in terms of your burn rate, right? Are you trying to extend runway where you're in the middle of a raise that you have to like, de- you know, delay now? How are you thinking about it? Yeah. So we've been very cognizant of where we uh, invest our capital. So one of the, um, um, I guess, corporate, almost like a culture methodology is to be really just capital efficient uh, how we think about you know spending money. So we still have majority of the money we raised uh, from Series B. So 
So we're not in a rush to raise any money anytime soon. But uh, we've been uh, creating multiple different uh, plans and scenarios based on you know how this year is going to uh, pan out. Because I think we haven't really seen a lot of slowdown in Q1, but potentially there could be some impact to our customers in Q2 uh, throughout the year. So we want to really uh, be flexible in terms of how we respond to the market. But overall, we believe we have um, created a pretty conservative plan when it comes to financing. But with that said, we are also looking at other strategic opportunities to, you know, potentially acquiring companies to accelerate our product roadmap. So for a couple of those like strategic reasons, uh, we may end up raising sooner than uh, later. Yeah. Uh, a couple of follow up questions on that. When you did do the last raise in your brain, how many months of runway were you raising for? Uh, I mean, back then we weren't really spending a lot. I think theoretically we had like 80 plus years of runway. <laughs> But um, now we've uh, did add a lot of you know, people to the company. Uh, you know, typically when companies raise, they raise for what uh, twenty four to thirty six months, if not eighteen months. Uh, we do have a lot more runway than yeah. those, and we want to make sure that we continue to control our destiny by just having more runway than typical companies. Yeah, you strike me as a math guy based off how intentionally you're you're giving answers. So when I when you say hypothetically 80 years of runway, I assume you're taking kind of 102 million divided by your burn and saying, you know what, we're only burning like a million a year, maybe two million in a, in a big investment year. So we have plenty of runway. Is that fairly accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Back then, yes, that was accurate. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You obviously have ramped a bit since then. It, considering the current kind of macroeconomic trends, again, with the virus, things crashing, you know, general fear in the markets, uh, how comfortable are you driving? And how comfortable are you drive, Are you in driving burn up? I mean, let's say, I mean, would you be comfortable sleeping at night at a million dollars a month in burn? Wow, that's, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so again, we have multi, multi kind of faceted uh, approach to this. There's definitely that uh, aggressive accelerated plan. Then there's a base plan. There's also the COVID-19 plan. So we have different kind <laughs> of uh, approach to how we control our burn. But you know, we do have a pretty extensive uh, dashboard built out internally where we can monitor metrics around sales, marketing, engineering, headcount, all those things into one single data platform at our company. That's all being monitored in real time. So based on some of these leading indicators, we can always like move up, scale up, let's say go spend a little bit more on the marketing side or slow down the hiring and things like that. So it is really a very, very flexible uh, plan with multiple variables being considered. Yep. Uh, now is a great time to buy, obviously, if you're sitting on cash. You're in a fortunate position to be sitting on cash. It sounds like you know, 80, 90, maybe even 100 million worth of cash. How do you tactfully go out and kind of probe the market to see if you have competitors or tech stacks that you really would love to acquire, but not do it in a way where the founder goes, oh, he's reaching out because shit's hitting the fan right now and he wants to take advantage of me? Yeah, so um, we're not in a rush to buy anyone, but uh, thankfully, after uh, announcing that round, a company of all shapes and sizes ha- did reach out to us for their strategic uh, partnership opportunities. And um, I mean, I've been—I I sold my previous company before, so I've kind of been the, in that shoes of you know being in a position to sell the company, understanding why we are doing what we're doing, so building a thorough rationale on potential acquisitions, and then what we do internally was. Uh, for instance, we are in, actually in the process of acquiring a company uh, right now, a small studio. And then the process we went through was we basically did a, a create a long list of companies out, out on Crunchbase, AngelList, and a long list. And then we uh, applied qualifying, uh, qualifying filters. We hunkered down to about 450. And out of those, 48 were contacted. And then we uh, met with a team of, uh, of 10 companies. And we ended up doing due diligence on four companies and we gave uh, a term sheet to one company. So it is a very, very rigorous process 
and all of that process was run in about a month. So we try to keep it efficient and uh, very, very methodical. So by the time companies are talking to us, we know they have intention to sell and we know why. Is it out of morale or is it actually they, they built something that's highly technical but didn't really get to product market fit and so forth. So by the time we are working with them sitting down at a table, uh, we our rationals and uh, motivations are pretty well aligned. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, no, it makes all good sense. Now, when you're doing these acquisitions, are you mainly looking for, uh, again, talent and tech or buying revenue and something that looks good at that you can upsell to your current base? Yeah, that's another excellent question. So uh, we always want to like crawl, walk and then run. So we had opportunity to acquire companies with, you know, a lot of revenue, but also there's a purely, purely equi hire place. Right now, what we're looking for is somewhere between equi hire and tal- uh, talent and then the IP acquisition. If they've built a software that can really accelerate our product roadmap, that would be our sweet spot. But if you do have a product that's highly, highly aligned to what we do, like API driven model with subscription uh, that's really uh, really related to communications, real time communications, then that'd be actually a, a worthwhile a conversation as well if they if they do have some some uh revenue yep very good so 2015 again you get this thing going now today 100 you know 100 odd million raised uh team size of you know 200 just shy 200 folks 422 customers average acv caught three grand a month or 30 grand a year but obviously again some people north of a million a year some people less than you know maybe five thousand per year um with that math 422 customers at that acv i mean that puts you somewhere at like 1.4 1.5 million per month have you guys broken kind of the, the 20 million run rate uh mark at this point 20 million oh, i'll run it yeah we've, yeah, uh, yeah we've certainly broken broken the milestone we won't i won't mention the specific traction but that's good math okay so. thank, thank you appreciate that <laughs> can can uh can you talk a bit about if that's generally where you are at today i mean go back 12 months from now i assume you're way more than doubling year over year to do the kind of round you did last year is that accurate yeah so we've been on the path of that you know triple triple double 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 path some some years we've been faster some years we've been probably a little bit slower but roughly on that path okay so roughly i mean can can we back into this a bit 2018 probably somewhere around kind of five million in arr ending in december 2019 you know you pass or you're flirting with the 20 million arr mark and you feel like this year depending on what plan you go with your covid plan your conservative plan or your aggressive plan <laughs> you would love to get about 50 60 million bucks in arr Ooh, that'd be nice yeah um <laughs> We're kind of looking at, so the way we look at it is, again, it really depends on how the market is responding, uh, how fast, because like with these kind of market sales cycles tend to slow down. Uh, so we want to just really uh, understand the leading indicators and based on those, we'll be uh, adjusting our plans uh, accor- accordingly. But yep. yeah. Very good. Last question here before we wrap up with the MS5. Um, churn is obviously critical in any SaaS company. There's a lot of CEOs I interview where they tie the pricing to something that is actually not the key value metric. I think you're in a very unique position where it, I think it's pretty crystal clear what your value metric is, right? It's, you know, you decided not to do number of messages because you don't want to disincentivize messages being sent, but you said, let's tie it to number of users they have on their platform, which obviously is smart. So, so how, um, how good is that metric? And that's measured obviously by churn. So if you look at your gross revenue churn over the past 12 months, where's that coming in at? Yeah, well, again, uh, I won't spec- uh, answer any specific numbers, but um, yeah, our churn, uh, because we are an API SDK company, uh, the churns tend to be quite low. Uh, the only caveat is that most of the churn we see is uh, just small startups shutting down their applications or shutting down their business. Yeah, that shouldn't impact revenue churn. That, that, won't, that, won't, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. won't impact revenue churn much though. 
Yeah, yeah. So our logo churn tends to be higher than the um, dollar churn. Dollar churn is pretty healthy. I would say it's definitely in that top quartile kind of SaaS category for sure. Yeah, I would say based off like when I sort my data, I'd say top quartile is less than 5% revenue churn annually on a gross basis. Is that fair to say? Mm. I won't comment, comment on that, but um, I, I, I would say we're in a pretty healthy state. Is it a fair statement to say that when you add back your expansion revenue from your historical accounts, net revenue retention is greater than 100%? Net dollar retention, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. And are you? what is more impactful in driving your ability to upsell customers? Uh, your ability to upsell them on a feature basis or your ability, like they're growing organically because they're adding more users themselves? Yeah, definitely latter because um, either they already have an existing user base and they roll out to more of their users or simply they, they themselves are growing. So it happens pretty organically. Yeah, very good. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, right now, I'm reading this book, The Great CEO Within. Oh, very good. The Great CEO Within. Who recommended that to you? Uh, it was recommended on Twitter by uh, multiple CEOs from YC. Oh, very good. All right, so, now. And number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Oh, I think uh, he was on your podcast, Eric. Eric oh, yeah, Eric Vaughn. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I've known him for, for some years now. We're following him for some years now. And I just love his uh, philosophy on happiness and just general conscientiousness and grit. He did such an amazing job. Like he came on 18 months before they filed the S1 where they had about 150 million raised and they had already hit about 130 million in ARR. And what's fascinating, I mean, a one-to-one ratio between those is just remarkable. Not only that, but he resisted the urge to do like a big round before the IPO, but still doubled revenue to 300 million on 150, right? It's just incredible numbers that, you know, right now you took a big, big, I mean, look, it's a risk, but it can also be big reward where you raise, you know, a massive hundred million dollar round and you're in the 20 to 30 million ARR range. And you have to now figure out how to deploy that to kind of, you know, obviously grow revenue. Did you consult Eric on that raise? And what was his advice on raising so much on a smaller stack of ARR? No, um, well, no, we, I didn't get his advice on raising, but uh, this round kind of uh, happened also kind of happened organically. We didn't set out to raise 100 million. We went out to raise 30 to 40. Uh, we just uh, ended up getting uh, a lot of interest from the investor community. And uh, we were given uh, a term that we thought it was uh, um, aligned with what we uh, believe where we could be. And then I think we finally kind of uh, earned that valuation and probably uh, potentially more. So we, we feel pretty uh, confident with where we are today and where we're headed. Very good. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Favorite online tool? Well, Zoom. I actually might hit it. would be Zoom, uh, but also like, I just generally like any kind of software, whether it be uh, uh, Confluence or just G Suite or Slack. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? I just measured today. I slept uh, five hours and 16 minutes, typically somewhere between five to eight hours. Okay, very good. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, married, two kids. Two kiddos. Very good. And how old are you? Oh, 39. 39. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? <sighs> Things will work out. Don't give up. Just keep on focusing and uh, life will be kind of okay. Guys, oh, there- by the way, yes. 
you you made it to Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Sendbird, a complete chat solution, SDK, IPA, API-based approach instead of, you know, a JavaScript, you know, embed kind of intercom-like approach. Uh, they're serving over 100 million uh, messages uh, now. I, John, you said monthly, right? Or annually? Monthly active, monthly active users. Monthly active messages users. Messages in the billions. Oh, wow. Okay, over 100 million monthly active users across the 422 customers that are paying them anywhere between, you know, small amounts up to, you know, some customers more than a million per year, but average, call it a $30,000 ACV, uh, raise 120 million bucks to continue to drive growth, still sitting on most of the last round of 100 million in the bank right now, looking strategically at acquisitions in a time of, you know, financial panic. Does acquisitions make sense? Uh, do they hold it to drive burn? He has plans for all of these things. Uh, over 100% net revenue retention, though, as they look to continue to scale. John, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, really uh, enjoy speaking to, with you.